in 2009, and from there, you know, I was doing that as a hobby. So up until July of 2013, finally just made the made the leap of faith, and I quit my, my good corporate job, and I was excelling, you know, I was, I was just on my team, and I was making decent money at it and stuff, so, but on the other side of, of that, you know, I was, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, and it was kind of instilled in me at a young age, my dad owned his own business, so it's kind of instilled, like, hey, we're going to, we're going to own your own business one day. Welcome to the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com. I am here with Brandon Greba. He is the owner of West Georgia Cornhole. Their website is WestGeorgiaCornhole.com. Also well worth checking out on Twitter, WG Cornhole on Facebook, West Georgia Cornhole, and Instagram, which we are going to talk about because Brandon, I have heard you are a marketing whiz or you and your team are when it comes to Instagram. That's West-Georgia-Cornhole. Brandon, thanks for joining us. And I have to start by asking what may seem like a really obvious question to you but I'm not sure everybody in the United States or in the world knows what cornhole is. So give us a real quick rundown of how the game is played. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for having me on. First off, um, it's a privilege um, to be you know, in this position. So definitely appreciate that. So, um, so yeah, cornhole, cornhole is uh, it's a game that, you know, is primarily played in an outdoor event, tailgate, family function, but it over the past three or four years it's really gaining popularity um as far as you know competition wise you know it started as a backyard game and now it's kind of turned into you know big money where you can actually win win some prize money and things so, so there are the pro stuff, there are pro cornhole players oh yeah yeah i mean it's on it's on espn now so it's you know it's all right then, it, then, so. then it's, it's hard to top that right that that's, yeah. that's pretty much the pinnacle yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, the premise of it is you have, you know, eight beanbags, usually play against uh, another opponent, and you have two boards that are spread out 27 feet apart. Uh, the boards themselves are two foot by four foot, and they've got a six-inch hole kind of towards the top. So, similar to horseshoes, you know, you can transport it very well, and then you throw the beanbags and try to get it in the hole. So, one beanbag on the board is one point. And one beanbag in the hole is three points. So you just kind of go back and forth playing your opponent until you get to 21 typically. The first 21 wins. So it's it's pretty simple kind of theory, but, you know, as you get more involved in it, you can, there's a lot of strategy and competition involved. So. Hmm. And, and of course, we should point out that a big difference between cornhole and horseshoes is in horseshoes, usually you're driving a stake into the ground or the sand or something and throwing yep. them. Here, there's a board, and that board ends up being really important in this conversation because that's really what your company does is they you make cornhole boards, correct? Yep, yep. So absolutely. So we, uh, you know, we can get as basic as just a plain board, natural wood, throw some, uh, spray some poly on it to getting very elaborate, doing corporate logos, sponsors, um, teams, and things like that. So um, it's kind of all up to the customer, the end customer, the company that we're dealing with. So, but, you know, that's what makes it cool. So everyone's unique. So are your customers a combination of just regular folks like us who want to play in the backyard or with friends all the way up to corporate? And I could even imagine... I mean, I think I've seen cornhole boards with team logos on them, pro pro teams, college teams, things like that. Yeah, so absolutely. You know, we have a um, an online retail 
uh, site. So, you know, anybody off the street can go on there, log on and customize a board. And then that goes straight to us. And then usually within two weeks, we'll, we'll have it delivered to your doorstep. So that's the process. And then, you know, we have larger bulk orders that we do for, you know, corporations for, you know, promotional events, giveaways, you know, things like that. So, but definitely, definitely two good markets that we're in. Help me understand how you got into the business of building cornhole boards. I'm talking with Brand Agriba. He's the owner of West Georgia Cornhole at westgeorgiacornhole.com. You can check him on check him out on social media too. WG Cornhole on Twitter, West Georgia Cornhole on Facebook, and on Instagram, West-Georgia-Cornhole. How did you get into this business? Yeah, so you know I've always kind of been a hands-on guy, liking to build things. So. Really, it started probably around 2008, 2009. One of my friends asked me to build a cornhole set for their parents for Christmas. Um, so I went ahead and did it. You know, I made a nice set. You know, she presented it to her parents for Christmas. They loved it, fell in love with it. They told some of their friends, hey, where'd you get this? You know, mentioned my name. So really from that point on, it was kind of word of mouth. I was working out of my garage. I had a, you know, a corporate full-time job. I'm trying to manage that, and orders started flowing in, started picking up, word of mouth. I would, you know, make some local classified posts, you know, kind of starting real small, and then things really just escalated. You know, cornhole was getting popular. Um, we were making a good product, or at that time I was making a good product, and, you know, just it just really scaled from there. You know, we, we started in 2009, and from there, you know, I was doing it as a hobby, so up until – July of 2013, finally just made the made the leap of faith, and I quit my my good corporate job that I was excelling in. And what was what was your what was your good corporate job? Um, I was working for a company called Fastenal. It's a, you know it's a rather large industrial supply company. Yes. So I was um, I was a project manager for them at that time. So. So you were at I a place just, where you had to make a tough choice, or maybe it was an easy. Oh choice. yeah. It was it was tough because I was I was in a position with my job I was excelling you know I was I was at the top of my team and um, I was making decent money at it and stuff so but on the other side of of that you know I was I come from a long line of entrepreneurs and it was kind of instilled in me at a young age and my dad owned his own business so it was kind of instilled like hey we're gonna we're gonna own your own business one day so at that point it was like okay I know I can do this I know I can make money at it. You know, you, you've got to work effort to do it. Let's let's do it. And you know, talked to my boss. And he thought I was crazy, but it was a long process. Me and the wife talked about it for six, seven, eight months, and just got plans together and made sure the financials worked out and made sure we weren't going crazy doing this thing. You know, so. So when you made that leap in in around July 2013, so about five years ago. Were you still making the boards in your garage? Did you have any employees? Where was the business at that point? And then help us understand what you've built it into today. Yeah, so at that point, we were still in my garage. You know, it was it was considered a hobby at that point. So you and Steve Jobs started the same way. Yeah, yeah, two-car garage yeah, out, in, out in Georgia. So, um, yeah, I didn't have any employees. I mean, I had some people, some friends that would lend hand on the weekend if I was backed up or you know, during the summer, I would hire some, some buddies that were teachers that had the summer off. So kind of kind of that that model. Um, and usually the summers are is our busier time, so it kind of helped out, you know, them making a little extra money and then helping me out when we were busy. So, but nothing, nobody full time at that point. So, 
soon as I, you know, so we, we formed the LLC and then started that in July 13. A month or two later, I, I hired a, a, a part-timer. He was a, a work release student in one of the local high schools. So I hired him on. He was going to be graduating um, later in, in the spring. So we kind of mentored him and kind of trained him up. So I hired him on. And then in, I guess it was October, November of 13, so a few months later, we moved into a, a commercial space, about 5,000 square feet. So, you know, at that point, we were able to, you know, really expand and spread out, you know, create some more efficiencies and not be so crammed and then really just kind of make the stepping stones of what we needed to do to, to grow the business to where we wanted it. So that was a big move, you know, getting into a to a building and out of the garage. Signing a lease so, is a big deal. Yep, yep, absolutely. So that was, you know, we made the move there towards the end of 13 and started ramping up. Got ready for Christmas. Usually Christmas is pretty big. And then, you know, went full steam, you know, at it January, February of 2014. And just kind of started hiring hiring people. Um, that one part-time employee, he turned into a full-time after he graduated high school. Um, had stuck with me for, after that, for about three or four years. So he was a definitely a good hire and kind of got, kind of got me going as well. So it was a good investment there. And so how big is your company today? Right now, we just actually, two months ago, Acquired a new building, so we're the building square foot now. We're about fifteen, sixteen thousand square feet. We have a mixture of part-time, full-time, probably right now twenty to twenty-two employees right now. So looking to looking to bring on a few more here before the year's over. I would say by the by the end of the year, maybe twenty-three, twenty-four employees. Definitely a big a big uptick in five years. So it's something to be very proud of. And so I, I have to ask, do you have a sense of how big the cornhole market is? Yeah, the cornhole market, you know, we've got a few competitors uh, of mine that are out there, um, but it, it's, the market's kind of really split because you've got, you got these garage hobby builders that, like like I came out of. Yes. And we're, so from the garage, there's still a lot of those guys out there that are doing that across the country. But we kind of estimate the cornhole yard game uh, market because we, we do a little bit more than just cornhole we we do a lot of other yard games as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we anticipate the yard game market anywhere between 20 and $40 million a year. I have heard that you have done very well, very, very well using Instagram as a marketing tool. Can you talk to us about things you tried in the beginning, what worked, what didn't, and what you're doing today? Yeah. So, you know, we use social media. It's, it's huge for us. You know, we use it as a way to uh, you know connect to our followers and, not just followers, but, you know, potential buyers. And a lot of people out there, you know, we try to push product down people's throats on social media. Um, we we kind of take a different angle, you know. We we want to just engage with those people, you know. We want to get them to know our business. And then hopefully at that point, you know, we have emotional connection with them, and then they make the sale. You know, they want to be connected with, you know, a company and just say, you know, it's just not just some random cornhole board off, off, of, uh, off an Internet site. You know, we we want to let them know, you know, how how the process is, you know, behind the scenes pictures, you know, kind of stuff like that is is important to us, you know, to put put a face behind the product, really, you know, that's kind of what we like to do with it. So, and then and, you know, Instagram Instagram is a Instagram and Facebook a huge way to do that. So, yes, and so has that. First of all, are you the one who's managing your social media, and whether you're the one doing it today or not, were you doing it in the beginning? Yeah, I handle a lot of it now still. Um, I have a little little help from one of my other guys. So, but, you know, it's, it's probably about 50-50 between both of us, you know, as far as, 
you know, promotions we're going to do on there or any type of, you know, ad spend or anything like that or pictures or whatnot we're going to put on. So, but yeah, in the beginning it was, you know, it was all me. You know, everything really was all me in the beginning, you know, until. It's the nature you know, of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And until you you realize, hey, I can't do all this anymore, then you start hiring people. So hiring good people that can do the job that you used to do. So that was, that was were, a big thing. Too. Were, when you started the company in 2013, were you already a big social media user? Or did you have to learn the rules of the game around the time you launched or started to use it for your own company? I wouldn't say I was good. I was probably average, you know, just, you know, being young, knowing that kind of stuff is an advantage. And then that stuff's changing every day. You know, the, the aspect of the new the new sites that are out there and how people are interacting, all the, the hashtags, the algorithms, that, all the hot stuff behind the scenes, all that stuff's changing every day. You know, you got to kind of stay on top of it. And we, we have some outside help that kind of helps us with some of the guidance on that stuff. So, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's all, it's all learning. It's all learning. Every day is changing. You got to learn new things, you know, every week. So how would you categorize the importance of social media in, in the marketing of your company? Is it, is it your main thing or is it part of a larger mix? I wouldn't say it's everything, but it is a lot. It's a big mix, but you don't, you don't want to put all your eggs in that basket. Yes. Yes. Well, you, I, I'm imagining that if you're in what you call the backyard game industry, that there's a lot of other ways to connect with fans and friends and customers, events, leagues, celebrity clients. Are you, do you see yourself doing things like that? We host tournaments. We have a weekly league that we host in our local, our local city. You know, we are for hire for different, you know, corporate events or tournaments that people want to put on. At that point, you know, people are actually playing on our boards. They get the chance to talk with us, interact with us, play with our product. So it's it's a good way to get people to actually use our stuff before they buy it, and then they can they can ask us, you know, how to how to purchase these things at that point. So it's just a another avenue. You know, another avenue as far as you know, celebrity clients. You know, we will occasionally get clients that will purchase some of our cornhole boards. At that point, you know, it's it's pretty cool. You know, we try to we, we try to jump on it, try to leverage that as far as you know, making posts or whatnot, or trying to get them to take pictures with the with the product and tagging us. So that is pretty cool. And then you know, if there's a potential buyer that you know sees that, they're gonna be like, wow, okay, you made you made this for so and so. So that's it's just a, another another way to go to market there. I'm talking with Brandon Greba. He's the owner of West Georgia Cornhole. It's westgeorgiacornhole.com. If you're needing a board, that's the place to go. On Twitter, WG Cornhole, Facebook, West Georgia Cornhole, and on Instagram, west-georgia-cornhole. Brandon, I notice on your website that you are actually doing a lot of work for big name, big brand companies like Coca-Cola and American Express, Adobe, Google Fiber. Tell us about how you got started in the corporate market. Yeah, so the corporate market has really came on probably in the past two to three years. So that's that's a, a totally different ball game as far as you know going about with those guys. But you know we we just reach out to them. You know we we try to make some calls. And a lot of times they're they're finding us you know on Google searches, sending us emails that way. But it's just when you get those emails, you get those inquiries. You know we we try to jump on them, take extreme care of them. We try to take care of everybody, but really focusing and making those 
relationships work. And then a lot of times it's it's reoccurring uh, purchases that they're gonna, they're doing. You know, they may have events throughout the year, or do promotions or giveaways. So we just want to make sure that they are 100% taken care of. It turns out to be a you know an ongoing relationship that we have with them, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I want to yep. ask you two other things, Brandon. One is now that you've built this company up essentially in about 10 years, right? 2008 or 2009, um, yep. you're 10 years in, you've grown, you're having a remarkable success. Where do you see the self, yourself and the company in five years, 10 years? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm always, one of my things, I always dream big, you know, set big goals, attain those goals. And once you do that, set even bigger goals after that. So, you know, in five years, I would like to be doing close to, you know, $10 million in sales. Be looking for a bigger building at that point, outgrow this building. I want to have probably 30 to 40 employees, so doubled employee base. So those are just some of the five-year goals. You know, after that, you know, it's probably the 10-year goals. After, you know, 10 years, I want to be at the point where, you know, I'm letting this this thing is, is, is smooth sailing. I'm looking into possibly purchasing other businesses or building another business kind of similar. I can compliment this. Yeah, that's where we're at. Sounds like a great goal. Uh, the last mm -hmm. thing I want to ask you because of the success you've built in the last 10 years is when you think back to those early days and then in your mind kind of fast forward to today, is has there been one or two of the most valuable lessons you've learned about owning, starting, or running a business that you wish everyone knew? Yeah, I've got, a, I've got quite a bit of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I guess one of the biggest things, you know, don't don't let anybody tell you, you can't do it. You know, there's when I started off, oh, what are you doing, man? You're crazy. You know, don't you know why are you quitting this job doing this? You know, don't don't let anybody say you can't do it. Don't let, there's always going to be naysayers and stuff out there. So put that aside, and then you know, five, ten years down the road, you say, well, look what I've done. Yeah, don't let anybody put you down. Don't everybody say you can't be done. I said it before, you know, dream, dream big, set big goals, obtain those goals, and, and then set new ones, really. Now, and a big one, too, is it's not all peachy and peachy as, as a way it's going to be. You know, there are going to be rough times. Um, everybody thinks owning your own business. Oh, man, you own your own business. Oh, that's awesome. It's It's got its bad days, just like anybody else. <laughs> you know, those bad days are bad. Well, what is what for you and for your company, for West Georgia Cornhole, what's a bad day look like? Um, you know, we may, you may lose a sale, you may lose a customer, you may lose a, a bigger customer, you know, you may have some machinery that goes down, you're going to have to jump on that, spend money on that, you know, you may have some employees that on a big day, you need them to be here, they, they didn't show up, something happened, so there's, there's always crazy things like that, it ain't never, it's never, never all up and all ups, but with those rough times, you know, learn from, from those mistakes and you know, what happened in those rough times and how you can avoid them in the future. You know, that's just, you gotta, you gotta do that. So in other words, learn when, when things are tough, make yep. sure you learn from them so you don't repeat the same mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. Brandon, thanks for joining us. He's Brandon Greba. He's the owner of West Georgia Cornhole, westgeorgiacornhole.com on Twitter at WG Cornhole on Facebook at West Georgia Cornhole and on Instagram at West Georgia dash Cornhole there go to any of those social media sites or directly to westgeorgiacornhole.com. You will see some beautiful boards. And if you want to have a great summer and you don't have a cornhole board, or you're ready to update. These are the guys to go to. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for listening to The Heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com.